Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You mentioned critical race theory a couple times. This is a parent-led backlash at the grassroots level. It's, and it's manufactured. No, it's, and the it's completely... And then, and then sort of... Elected officials have been lit. The fire was lit. I disagree. Yeah. I think it started because p- parents have had it with the education bureaucracy after COVID. School board meetings being uh, showing up in mass and yelling at school board members. All of this is sort of a tactic. And it's being left up on by national organizations from the Heritage Foundation. Hi, everyone. It's Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And Congressman Seth Moulton. It's great to be here at Union Station. And we're here to talk about high-speed rail. Yeah. They were saying, there's people on YouTube right now that get more views than this show. This is because the market has spoken. Right. And your show's terrible. Brian Stelter talking to the press secretary saying, what are we doing wrong? What are we doing wrong? Like, hey, mother you're supposed to be a journalist. Yeah, a lot of people are supposed to be things, and they are not acting like them these days, if there's anything we have noticed that. What's so amazing is this immediate cut we have as well with, uh, what is her name? What is her name? Brandy Zadronsky of NBC. Amazing. Amazing how media members for big, big, big corporations are telling, are kvetching at the idea of people going out and doing journalism. It's amazing yeah. for her to want to hamstring journalists and it, for to her, her to shine a spotlight on people using Freedom of Information uh, Act uh, procedures to mm-hmm. get, get information from the government in other institutions go, is precisely uh, antithetical to the spirit of journalism. If you don't want to do that anymore, well, then you're no longer in journalism. Right. And it's almost like a weird form of gatekeeping, like... We're the journalists. We're special. We have the responsibility. We know when to use these things and when not to. These little peon citizens, that's different. They shouldn't be able to use the FOIA, the Freedom Mm -hmm. of Information Act. They shouldn't be able to make public records requests of their local governments. They're irresponsible. They're bad. They might have another agenda. They shouldn't be able to see this information. We, the very important journalists, will look at the information and we'll decide what is worthy for you to know and not know. It is crazy because not only that, but she says she gives it away during the rant. You know, they're going to try to use this to say that people are cheating, you know, that all this budgets, the spending on race in schools is for critical race theory. And uh, and that's just not true, she says. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? You well, already know? Yeah. Wow. Let's draw our own conclusions here. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, hi, everybody. It's great to be back. Alice and I just got back from Connecticut today. It mm-hmm. was a, uh, it was three days, but it was a long three days. We packed a lot into it. Alice, key takeaways about the state of Connecticut from you. Um, things are very beautiful in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. 
Everything looks really, really nice. I would agree. It's a gorgeous state. I mean, I think Massachusetts is a pretty nice looking state, to be honest. I love the aesthetic around here. We live near Newburyport, which is gorgeous. And, you know, we live near like cute little farms and farm stands. It's very nice. But, you know, like Connecticut, honestly, I have to say, uh, you know, I it kills me to say it with my Massachusetts pride. But uh, Connecticut does stuff prettier. The Connecticut's really, really pretty. There's like stone walls everywhere. Just the beaches are gorgeous. The they have are like, the beaches gorgeous? I thought the beaches were gorgeous. Did we even see any beaches? Yeah, we did. We saw one beach in New we London. We drove that by was a... some. We drove by some on our way down the coast. Okay, I see what you're saying. It yeah. was really pretty and just like I agree with you totally it, that that it is very Pretty river. It was beautiful. There were there was nice gorgeous houses. unique town yeah. after gorgeous unique town. Mm-hmm. We went from Old Saybrook into uh, Hartford essentially, and and uh, yeah, each one you could fall in love with for its own character. Now you pay for that there. It's an expensive state to live in, and it is a state governed. It's a blue state, and of course, it's up here in New England, so you get three good months out of the year. But uh, yeah, I would say that both you and I are floored at how pretty. It mm-hmm. is. In, you know, that's one of the things about having the highway system is that when you're on the interstate, you don't see, you rarely see. Some states are so cool that they can even, mm-hmm. you know, uh, overcome the interstate highway system and and the, the, the bucolic, you know, uh, you know, kind of uh, geography can. But uh, Connecticut's one of those states where, other than messing around close to New York in, in mm-hmm. down in that area, um, like Greenwich, et cetera. I had never really spent that much time in the back roads, but wow, it was fantastic. Yeah, I would we liked also... Groton. Mm-hmm. We liked New London. We liked we loved Mystic. Mystic was great. All mm-hmm. the downtown area there was so fun, and and the oh, oh well in the uh, West Hartford we loved the Mark Twain house. Right, and that's touristy stuff, and that was all par for the course. Mm-hmm. Very good, and some of the stuff like old Mystic, the little village that was probably built in nineteen eighty five, whatever. Was but still cool, but Mystic itself is full of character, wonderful, and uh, and the highlight. The, even though every place we went to to eat and and uh, drink was the service was really exceptional. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Comfort Cafe, Alice, which was listed on Google as closed permanently, right? Which is a little place in Old Saybrook attached to a uh, like a Comfort Inn, a quality, a, a quality inn. inn which is n- not necessarily a quality <laughs> in, but this place was a just a magical little place. You, it's up on our podcast, you can see Alice doing some karaoke there. Yeah, some bad karaoke. Very bold mood, Alice. I shot you from the <laughs> from the waist up just in case I got an angle that you would not have signed off on, and mm. you would castrate me. So I might not. I haven't looked at it. I don't want to look at it. Yeah. Oh, but she was. Alice was uh, raring to go. That was right after she did the fifteen seventy podcast. Uh, she, we went and found this place that had been mothballed. We're not even sure who ran it. We not. It's been, so, so. I assume it's an abandoned building, and it's the squatters are now running a restaurant. But out it, of it. it was a but great place. It was awesome, though. And the, the drinks were great, and the food was great, and it was such a. If I lived down there, you could call it a dive bar, but I, it's a, the kind of bar that where I was always more most comfortable in anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up, um, no pretense, no theme. It, just good people and good yeah, food. It, it was, was fantastic. Great. So we liked that. Thank you, Connecticut. That was great. Was I start great. tomorrow on the radio. Uh, 1080. 1080 WTIC. WTIC. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Every day. Tom will Four be. Four hours, Alice. Four hours. Mm-hmm. Every day. And yeah, check it out tomorrow if you can, if you're in the area. We'll have fun. A lot of the, There's uh, an app, too, if you're not in the area. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's an Odyssey app you can get as well. And um, and yeah, so that's a new adventure for us. And hopefully that'll um, benefit everybody. You guys listening in me and all that stuff. And I look forward to it because the, the, just hanging out with those folks in Connecticut has been a blast. Mm-hmm. And We're uh, now members of the Mystic Aquarium. So Yes, we're made... We're made, we're made nutmakers now. <laughs> also, okay, so let's get back to business here. A couple of themes that have jumped up, that I've seen jump up in um, over the last few days. It's the, the news cycle is a, a little bit scattered t- to the wind a little bit right now because the summer slide is happening. Mm-hmm. So today was really, the Sunday shows spent most of their time uh, you know, giving plaudits to Biden for his soaring rhetoric and incredible tough stance with Putin, all that horse mm-hmm. bleep, which there's nothing to it, whatever. 
But what we're seeing as well is very the left trying to convince us that we're excited about high-speed trains mm-hmm. and the right finally making a little bit of headway when it comes to critical race theory. And we've probably yeah. been talking about this stuff for two years, really. Uh, and they're finally, I feel like the critical race theory people are finally starting to be on the defensive a little bit. A There's little bit. finally a tiny bit well, of momentum of pushback against this stuff. Well, and you can tell this because their Praetorian Guard, mm-hmm. the media has started to uh, be compelled to finally admit that it's even a thing. Yeah, that it even exists. Right. So they're now falling back a little bit. And so they're having to talk about this somewhat. Even though, and this is the same thing happened with the Tea Party. Mm -hmm. As soon as you have concerned normal parents and citizens getting together, saying, hey, this is BS here, whatever. uh, The left has to relabel, rebrand those people. They cannot just be concerned citizens. There has to be something malevolent about them. So these critical race theory people are one of two things. One, they're just out-and-out racists. Mm-hmm. Or they are people that are astroturf. These are people funded secretly by bigger organizations, mm-hmm. spurned on, etc. There's no way this can be grassroots, which, of course, we've seen all over YouTube. And actually, just common sense. That right. we, we've talked about it. You've talked about it. I've talked about it. People we know talk about any, Anybody talk this This stuff is insanity. Well, yeah, it turns out that the type of normal suburban parents who voted for Trump in 2016 and then switched to Biden because Trump was just like too much last year um, as the suburbs swung back Democrat in 2020. It turns out those type of like normal average Joe parents uh, don't like being told that their five year olds are irredeemable bigoted racists who need to sign a compact about how they're going to uh, deny their whiteness that uh as it as it happens that doesn't necessarily fly that well with regular parents who aren't completely gone psychotic activists right and that's like and the left just like can't doesn't know what to do now that like even though all these people went to black lives matter protests in the summer the support for the Black Lives Matter organization has plummeted since last year, and people are pushing back now on this critical race theory stuff because it was supposed to be a reckoning. It was supposed to be everybody was supposed to go to race confession and talk about their whiteness and their mm-hmm. privilege and how terrible they were and how they benefited from these evil systems of oppression and how they need to, you know, like be redeemed by giving away everything they own to critical race theory activists who were buying up houses and as it turns out they didn't really necessarily buy into as much of that philosophy as the activists were hoping they would have uh you know they were not a fan of the kneeling on the neck video and that whole thing and so they showed up for that but then when you start trying to tell their kindergartner that they're a white supremacist then you're going right. to start to run into problems with some of those people. And that's in the grassroots level right here. Right. That's what you see. Mm-hmm. And it, yes, it's very personal and it's very offensive, of course, if somebody says, yes, your child has to has to engage in this uh, little struggle session. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's here. We're and then you look at the elites the and you see what the elites are doing. Race. You see what the elites are doing, like um, uh, the the heights people Mm -hmm. and also they're in the elite version high profile struggle sessions where rita marino now who's almost 90 years old now she's had to apologize for daring to defend lin-manuel miranda huge progressive gay i am i wrong does he have aids i don't don't know is he is he is he not i don't even know isn't he gay one of of the guys lin-manuel but let me look it up i'll tell you hold on I thought he was gay and had AIDS. If not, Alice, we have to... Uh... <laughs> wow, way to stereotype. Uh, he might be gay. I just don't know anything about it. Um, personal life. He ma- He's married to Vanessa Nadal, a high school friend. Okay, I'm sorry about that. It, this is... 
Um, He's not I'd like gay to retract that fully. <laughs> He's not gay. He does not have it. And could you get uh, legal on the phone? In fact, Lynn Manuel Miranda is not gay and does not have AIDS. He is progressive, though. But okay, so is this is what I'm going to Latinx, uh, and he is progressive. So this, so and this he is, is on Broadway. Okay, but that's all you got. Yes, but, but that's, <laughs> well, that's what I meant. That's what no, no, no. Stereotype. Hold on. So, um, Dateline, July 11, twenty sixteen. Gay HIV positive actor lands the biggest role on Broadway. New Hamilton star Javier Munez has spoken uh, about living with HIV. Okay. So, so there you go. I apologize, <laughs> but I think we can make a make a a confirmation on uh, uh, Javier. Jeez, Lin Manuel. Wow, what a thing to say. Um, so anyway, but he should be woke enough, right? I think Javier probably is a guy who yelled at Pence. Um, uh, okay. So you think that they'd be woke enough, but no. And John Chu. As well. Nope, it's not, not good enough. Not good enough. No. Nope. Because somehow, somehow, there, you, you, there's no hair small, too small to split. Yeah. And if so the person who's um, Hispanic, Afro-Hispanic, is that what it is? Uh, Afro-Latinx. Af- Af- Afro, you're right. If it's not enough, then in the person's pig, skin pigment is not enough, then then heads have to roll. Exactly. And they yeah, keep going. no, there's people... Going around like holding up color chips to make sure that people are dark enough on the set. Apparently now to right. make sure that even though you cast people who are actually from the background that the characters are supposed to be cast from, if they're not literally dark enough in skin tone, then then there's a problem. And not even there were darker people in the backup dancers, but if your leads don't have dark enough skin tone, there's a problem. Right. And it's all being lived again, and and so this this is obviously everybody who can see it knows it's absurd unless they're involved in it. If there's one of these mm-hmm. self-flagellating, if you're making money off it, or if it just makes you feel good, if you're right. like I said, if you're you know a, a rich person uh, from a really nice town. Like Essex, Connecticut, Alice, which we're intimately Gorgeous. familiar with. Deep River, Connecticut, right. and you're in, which I have never heard of. Deep River, okay. Connecticut. Until but if you've got yesterday, and it, it's beautiful. if you if you live in one of those beautiful mansions with a beautiful mm-hmm. two Range Rovers and a Bentley and all this other stuff, um, and you feel guilty about it, sure, maybe you'll enter into this thing as well and go on TikTok and and can and declare yourself a colonialist. <laughs> Uh, or a colonizer. A colonizer, exactly. And say, yes, I do deserve it, because because I deserve to feel uncomfortable in being uncomfortable spaces. It's all the same freaking uh, script. It's the same one. And I it deserve to be uncomfortable, because whiteness has protected me. And my even being around is enough to endanger the lives of, of black people who don't have the protections that whiteness has given me. And my privilege... It's all these words, all these confessional words, and it's the mm-hmm. same script, although... It's the same script, but it's a growing script. Oh, yeah. Now you have to explain whose stolen land you're on, which uh, tribal nations you're illegally occupying at the beginning of every meeting that you start. You have to, there's like new genders all the time that you have to right acknowledge you, and you, you know gotta maybe, give pronouns. maybe everything if, changes day to day. You have to keep it's a lot to keep up with. And maybe if the public schools, if idiots weren't rolling off the assembly lines in the public schools, maybe this could be a niche class or a the- theoretical discussion you could have as well mm-hmm. in the wacky discussion, wacky <laughs> theories class. Maybe it's something you could talk about as well. But to put this thing, infuse public schools with this, many schools are underachieving. Many schools are doing just fine. But this is craziness. This right. is craziness. And it's pure racism it's yeah. de- it's de- it's determining value based on skin color what what else do you want to call it mm-hmm. what do you want to do and you're, well, you're putting people-, people like what is white boy summer else uh, uh well that's just kind of like an internet joke that's to say that like that like this is the summer for white boys so okay so like if you you would like post a cute picture of yourself in a swimsuit and you'd be like yeah white boy summer baby okay is it for mm-hmm. white boys, white boys summer? Mm-hmm. I can tell you that this even, this um, this large scale, this trend of identifying yourself as white anything is new and absolutely a result of 
identifying everybody else identifying skin color. Right. And adding to it. So you've pushed around, pushed around the, the, the white kids now and told them how much they suck and said, you're, you're labeling them. You're saying you're white, white, whiteness, whiteness, bad, white, 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 white. So there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. I, I guess I'm white. That's my identity. You're telling me that it is. Mm-hmm. So now we're having people embrace this, their whiteness. Well, which is- yeah, and I don't get how people don't see how dangerous a match this is to be playing around with because... Um, as it turns out, America is still not yet a, a majority, minority, minority, majority. I always forget which way to say that. Majority, minority nation, right? <clears throat> Even though we keep getting told it's going to be any minute. Like, why? If you're not for racism, then why would you be trying to push white people to identify as white more and black people to identify as black more? You know, like, I... I don't get what the end game is supposed to be of this. You know, they tell white people, you're white. You have whiteness. You're white. White people are bad. White this, white that. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, obviously, there are going to be a lot of people who are just going to reject the whole thing and say, you're a bunch of psychotic racists. But there are going to be people who buy into this and who are going to go, fine. Yeah, I am white. What about it? Being white is great. And then those people are going to go down a path that you don't want them to go down because the radicalizing people into being uh, into being into their ethnic group is not a great road to go down. Like we've seen that road historically and it's not a healthy (laughs) one. And there's still, as it turns out, like more white people than a lot of other ethnic groups in this country. And I don't know why you would give the extremely small currently extremely small number of white supremacists in this country any freaking oxygen by going around telling little kids that they're white and they should identify more with being white and think about more about how they're white and how they're so white and whiteness white 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 and like why would you do that if you don't want to empower freaking richard spencer and identity europa and these trash people like i don't get it like what do you think you're doing when you do this it's so stupid and short-sighted i don't get it i just don't get it yes yes along with that just like when we had um uh jennifer ho when you talked about her as Mm -hmm. well you know when you talk about all this violence that's happening against asians suddenly stop asian hate all violence against asians and by and large it's not white people doing it. But she said right. it doesn't matter, even if it's a black person who does it. It's white rage and white Our whiteness pun. infected the air and caused the black people to do it. Like Right. And I actually I listened I watched Face I listened to Face the Nation today and they talked about they had the, one of the virologists on talking about the new strand could be what's the new strand called? This Um it's either called the Delta variant Delta, yeah. or it, the India variant. Delta yeah. variant it's not the India variant, Alice. Not cool. Um the Delta variant and 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 saying still there's reluctance to get vaccines out. And at this point, by the way, it's pretty much saturated. The people who aren't going to get it aren't going to get the vaccine. It's yeah, it, we're done. Over. Everybody who wants only, one can get one. Only now. so that's many it. lotteries, you know, <laughs> can you throw out there? Oh, that reminds me. Yes, we do have to sign up starting July one. We can sign up. We can each. Uh, we each have like five chances to win a million dollars or something. Oh, even though we already got it. Yeah, yeah, it's just oh, nice. you have to sign up oh, to like, be, nice. be included as long as you're vaccinated. You can so, but I listened to this this uh, TV rap about it today and saying in Georgia, for instance, uh, they they still can't seem to get it enough people vaccinated, even though they're going into where the people are, meet them where they are, else, mm-hmm. and they can't do it. And at the end They've of it, they've done th- ads on Deadliest Catch. At the end, very end of it, they say, they say, but a, a big population in Georgia still remains un unvaccinated. The biggest two groups who are unvaccinated are people of color and people identifying as white conservatives. Now, Alice, why <laughs> did they give us the biggest two groups? <laughs> um, because they didn't just want to say that people of color didn't right. want to get vaccinated. <laughs> right. So, you know, and... and because why s- would people of color not trust them? The government's always been so great for people of color in this country. Jeez, I don't know. Right. And isn't that interesting? On one hand, wall-to-wall Tulsa massacre, the end of Black Wall Street. On the other hand, trust us this time. Yeah, I know. Sure. You know, we actually, uh, we practiced bombing you from the skies if, in 1921. But but so... Uh, that may be apocryphal. There but, might not so, have been any bombing. Alice? 
Might be a, that, already pe- in trouble. that piece of it might be apocryphal. So, okay. There's little historical Else. evidence of that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll asterisk. Uh, <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda is not gay and does not have AIDS, and the bombing might not have happened. All right, it's going to be a busy show notes today. Um, so, so, but, but even I mean, people notice things like that when they say the biggest two groups are yeah. Yes, the biggest two groups are uh, first uh, African Americans, and the seventh biggest is actually uh, white, um, you know, uh, Baptists. <laughs> okay, they, I mean, they, people know they see this weirdness, and this it, it, the bureaucracy obviously never tells you the truth. We've learned this from Fauci, etc. They'll never tell you the truth, mm-hmm. and that's why they'll never say. Fauci will never say. He'll say that that that, that you know people are black and brown people are. Are, are uh, hit harder than but they'll never tell you any more information as to what and why and how etc he's ne- certainly not going to tell you it has to, anything to do with diet or obesity uh no because obesity is not a risk factor for anything in fact even the word obesity is offensive and it's not a concept we Bro- should even talk about but if he does mention obesity he'll tell you that because of disparities in inequities right. obesity uh hits and I like I'm not I'm not I I I'm afraid that you've talked if you talk like this, and they've made this construction so that it seems like this it can seem like this to people that if you talk like this, you're drawing, um you know you're drawing lines tribal lines, and I'm not trying to do that. I just think that that I think black people and white people both can handle the truth, and so we can speak the truth and give everybody the truth. But let's go to this is Chuck Todd. Um, with um, Brad Todd, who's a conservative Republican con- consultant, and, and then Chuck Belcher, who's an activist. Was uh, sorry, it's not Chuck Belcher. It's um, um, Cornell Belcher is also an act. He'll be on this in a second. But here is uh, this is first the NBC reporter and Republican activist Brad Todd talking about parents getting worried about critical race theory being taught. And listen to Chuck Todd just dive on the grenade on this. And specific to this idea of critical race theory, I have to tell you, I just spent some time reporting on this county in Virginia about an hour outside of Washington. And, and to your point, this is something that is mobilizing people and resonating very deeply. It was about a 100-degree day, dozens and dozens and dozens of parents, mostly white in this largely affluent county, showed up to a school board meeting. For many of them, the very first school board meeting they'd ever attended, specifically because of this one issue. That's important to note, it, it, that you mentioned critical race theory a couple of times. This is a parent-led backlash at the grassroots level. No, hold on. Here comes Chuck Todd to stomp <laughs> this out. And it's manufactured. No, and it's, the it's fi- completely... And then, and then sort of elected seems to have been lit. The fire was lit. I, I disagree. Yeah. I think it started because pa- parents... The fire was lit, right? Nobody mm-hmm. could really have a problem with this, right? The fire was lit. Parents have had it with the education bureaucracy after COVID. Mm-hmm. They're fed up with it. They tend to trust Democrats when it comes to education funding, but they trust Republicans on education accountability. I think that what the backlash you're seeing on critical race theory in schools is another example of parents trying to hold educators accountable now we had this even in like six or seven years ago even in progressive um wannabe boutique city melrose where we used to Mm -hmm. live massachusetts yep when they brought in these critical race theory people to uh explain to tell the students how racist they were and the students were to declare that they were racist and they didn't right some of them didn't and that was considered a civil rights Oh, yeah, there was like a whole thing about it that some people didn't want to say that they were racist. And that was the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So then the state has to come and audit them for civil rights violations, violations, which is freaking crazy, which is why this is all (laughs) insane. But here's Cornell Belcher now. This is his retort to what was just said. It's coordinated. It's aggressive. It's intentional, right? This is is part of the the, the tribalism play. It's not just parents who don't want their kids to have to, you know, undergo public struggle sessions in their classrooms and sign an to, anti-whiteness compact? Right to say that I am I am implicitly thing. racist no matter what, and I can never not not be racist no mm-hmm. matter what, and because of my whiteness I will always have and I have to put work in and I have to do this and I have to it, it, this craziness and it, it, the the idea that this guy's thinking well he's just probably a con artist but thinking that, you know, nobody would organically have a problem with that. Of course, it's human nature. Imagine subjugating any kid in any class in any way like that. Declare that you're lesser than right now. Declare that you're lesser than right now. 
I, mean, I, I maintain that a lot of these teachers and people like they're just sick people that like to lord it over a little kids that, because they're uh, bigger and the kids are smaller and they can like I think that there's a weird uh hashtag not all teachers just as a disclaimer but like I think there are people that are really into this stuff that like just like the power play over little kids I think I think there's no doubt about that and that manifests itself in other ways as well some mm-hmm. more perverse than others critical yeah. race theory is is yet another tool in the, in the, in the racial tribal boogeyman's toolbox to drive and inflame tribalism which Republicans think this is great <laughs> because they didn't influ- infuse all this BS right they didn't start they didn't ask to be called they didn't ask for Cornell Belcher to go in and call them all racist racists and say that they're pigment pigment to find them totally they didn't mm-hmm. want that trouble it's this guy this, these Marxist bigots um critical race theory and intersectionality evangelists who started right. the trouble and then complained look at well obviously what they're doing is is they're trying to create division and tribalism so that the republicans can scare people into voting for another monster racist like trump which is not they didn't start it here this is like palestine just saying uh, i can't believe it you know we, we just israel's attacking us well right because, yeah, what happened right before that? Right. Let's go back. So they just and they just look at the the, the response because you got these people in Loudoun County, Virginia, who are saying, "Leave my kid alone until your damn jobs," mm-hmm. and they're thinking, "And how, by the way, how like totally elitist as well?" Shut up! Stop it! No, this isn't for you to to uh, you know make your uh, complaints known, mm-hmm. townspeople. <laughs> what do you know? Well, yeah, there's a whole bunch of psychos that. Uh, run the schools not so much like the teachers in the classrooms but people who think that because they run the schools they own your kid and they forget that the parents that pay all the property taxes also get some say in what happens in the school buildings because without the people who are paying all the taxes that go into paying all your salaries there is no thing for you to run like we give you money so that you can educate our kids it's not now you just do whatever you want to my kid that's not like the education system isn't something that like came out of you deciding to do something like it comes from us the parents and like when it fails to achieve that mission like that's when parents show up at meetings that's when parents are bailing out of the school system taking their kids to private schools to charter schools to home right. schools it's that when, aren't being freaking crazy right it's when school committees and in the town politicians and mm-hmm. city politicians are using their capacities in local government to play national politics right completely you know i'm you know what if you're spending your time making yourself a uh, sanctuary city, you know, uh, Wakefield, Massachusetts, or wherever, whatever mm-hmm. small town you are, then you're spending, you're wasting time, right. and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, yeah. you, you Just know, we had towns. Plow the roads and right. go on with your day. Don't waste it, my time. Exactly. There are other. You know, you can get into other vocations if you want to mm-hmm. do that. If you want to go declare George W. Bush a war criminal. Then go somewhere else to do it. Go to the Hague. Start working on it. That's fine, <laughs> but it's not supposed to be. Uh, as you, it, it, we'll go back to Essex, Connecticut, or what's the one you said? The, Deep River. Deep River, Connecticut. You know, it's not the town council there that should be wasting their time doing that. They should be making sure that stuff is plowed, like you said, and build a sidewalk or two. Things helps them in, in, in elections. This is this is this is Trump 2.0. This is a is a, is a continuation of this, right? Critical race theory is is an arcane sort of ideal. Why is it front and center right now? The same reason that Mitch McConnell attacked Stacey Abrams when she came out for the for the vote for the voting bill. It is racial. It is tribalism. We've seen it grow under Trump, and this is. That is horse bleep. Yeah. No, it's the same thing as the trans stuff. They're like, why is Tucker Carlson obsessed with transgender women in sports? This is crazy. He talks about it all the time. He's just a bigot. He's just come up with this and decided. Like, no, he's doing this because you guys decided you were going to force transgender girls into everybody else's girls' sports. That was something you did. You guys have decided to hold these freaking crazy racist 
seminars and meetings and everybody's work and schools and people are reacting to it and you're like why did you come up with all this critical race theory stuff where is this coming from no it's coming from you you started it exactly so crazy like exactly this guy gaslighting right this guy and people like him built the trump campaign Right. Critical race theory is just this obscure legal theory that's taught in graduate studies that has nobody's right. teaching but, children but critical race theory. R- Psychotic people. Oh, totally. And this and this guy and critical race theory people, they go in and say, Hey, you know, your kids are implicitly racist. Mm-hmm. Their whiteness is violence upon everybody else. It was then and it is now. They'll never not be racist. They'll never they should always be made to feel uncomfortable. Talking about your kid who's got oh, his own universe of problems and challenges, like right. these families do. And these families are saying, what the hell are you talking about? Go to hell. And then Mitt Romney is saying, well, I think we should have measured discussions on the history of race, et cetera. Et cetera. And they're saying, wait a second, you're not good enough to, to, to work on my behalf for this. Then you have Trump saying, this is all horse shit. go to hell. And they say, God damn right, I'm following that guy. <laughs> and it's not because he's a genius. It's because he has a little bit of freaking common sense. That's what it is. And temerity to like stand up to some of this stuff. Whereas like no in a Whereas like regular Republicans historically have been like allergic to being called racist. Right. They like freak out if you call them racist. They're like, No, I'm not racist. I love black people, they're great. And then they get told they're more racist for loving black people. Exactly. And then they're like, Oh my god, no, yes, I guess you're right. Maybe I should do Robin D'Angelo's struggle session course. That's important. Yeah. No, like you just have to not be afraid to get called these names. Like Trump wasn't afraid to get called the names right. and like and go on with your day because they're calling everybody racist. Tanning is racist. This is racist. That's racist. They just throw it out there. It doesn't mean anything. They can call you racist all day long. And like Trump understood that. Fortunately, there are some people now who seem to understand this. Ron DeSantis seems to understand this. Right. There's some other people out there. But you there. have to be if you say if you say the common sense thing now on the right as a politician, mm-hmm. if you say it inartfully like Trump did, which is one of the reasons people loved him because he talked like people. Right. Then you have to be there while they throw the fireballs, the canceling fireballs, that your political career is over, career is over fireballs, and you have to be able to stand tall and walk right past them and not give mm-hmm. a damn. But it is, it is the exceptional politician who can do that. And and what we've noticed, probably seen by Trump, evidenced by Trump, is that the personality that can withstand that is probably the personality who's not <laughs> whose bedside manner might be a little lacking at some point. Well, I mean, this is true. I've made this observation before, but like a lot of people that I know who are in politics, like you have to have such a thick skin because people are going to, even if you run for freaking school committee, people are going to say such terrible things about you that it's going to be like awful. You know, like a norm. I just, I think that like a normal, well-adjusted, regular person, like just can't deal with that. Anybody who is going to be successful in politics has to have a little bit of like some kind of like semi-narcissistic tendencies because you have to like just think highly enough of yourself to brush off people freaking hating you and saying yes. awful things about you which like I, I mean it sucks that our politics is that way but like it's going to happen if you run for anything especially like if you're in a blue state as a republican which is maybe why i've seen so much of this but like people are just vicious and terrible especially if you're a woman like look what happened to sarah palin mm-hmm. people were horrific to her. and like in order to be able to deal with that you have to be kind of crazy like i just think yeah. you have to like love yourself enough and have like a certain amount of disregard for other people's opinions and for other people and disdain for other people in general, especially people who don't like you, that you like have to be kind of crazy in order to be successful at it. Because otherwise you'd like go home and cry every day. I don't know what you would do. Absolutely. Part and partial of it. And they think this helps ignite their base. There's no way this is not grassroots. And Brad, you know, this is organized and is being paid for. But, you know, actually, we're not very good at organizing or anything on our side. Like, you it, all it, it are better than us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know that that's true. Mm. So on a related note, here's Brandy Zadronsky of NBC News talking about the problematic use of FOIAs, as we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. These are these uh, the, the Freedom of Information Act requests where you can request from public institutions uh, information. Mm-hmm. 
and usually sometimes it costs you a lot of money. Always they drag it on. So if right. you, if, and if, if they say so our policy is, is the- that it takes between fifteen to twenty weeks, it'll take twenty weeks. Yes. Uh, so FOIA is like the federal one, but lots of states have these public records laws, and they're hugely useful to everybody from local reporters to local activists to just regular people who want answers on stuff. Like, we have laws that our government doesn't just act with impunity and in darkness. Like, we, we're allowed right. to see what they're doing because we're paying their salaries. Right. So uh, so here is Brandy Zadronsky. She is an NBC reporter, and she's concerned that ordinary, as I said earlier, or ordinary citizens or mm-hmm. other independent media uh, journalists are using these things in a way that she doesn't approve of. It's hard for me as a reporter because I don't want to put uh, foils in a bad light, right? Freedom of information laws are wonderful things, but it is, in fact, a tactic of um, national and just hyper and and, uh, fast growing local organizations to use onerous public records requests. So what we'll see, what we saw in Maine is asking for all of these records requests of, you know, how much money did you spend on anything involving race? And then that is used to sort of um, frame, again, the school board as being um, as, as paying for for um, uh, CRT, which again is just not the case. How the hell did she know? How does yeah. she know which ones are the case? Which no, that's just not. They're not using that. Well, if there's all these onerous public record requests mm-hmm. and all this onerous information that they have to come up with, then apparently some people have worked through it and found that that is the case. Yeah. I mean, I'm of the opinion that all this stuff should just be like on the Internet. Like you should be able to look through the superintendent of schools emails like as soon as they're sent. Like, why should I even have to request it? I totally agree. with you. I should have like open access to your school inbox. It should just be there. I totally agree with you, because if you if there's a FOIA request sent and it's it's asking for, you know, uh, let's say number of times the cops attended fundraisers or whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it is, uh, then, and they've got 14 weeks to get back to you, then they've got 14 weeks to build a defense. Right. Among other things, and create new, uh, and create new evidence to, mm-hmm. to, that could absolve them. Or I'm not, it's not, I, I don't mention the police for any particular reason. And so that's what happened there. In Nevada, we saw. Um, that's what happened there. Yep, there was none there. There was no critical race theory there in mm-hmm. Maine. There is just no horse bleep. Please. The, these schools, the curriculum is what it is. Right. The 1619 Project is making its way into schools. They can say it's not, but it is. Well, and they tell them themselves, because, like, look at that Texas law that I read a bunch of the other day. It's saying stuff like, you can't teach kids that one race is inherently better than another. Like, if you have a problem with that, then you are the racist one. Like, not me. I don't know. The law sits here and tells me they have to learn all this stuff about the history of slavery and Frederick Douglass and all these different things. And then it says that you can't teach kids one race is better than another. And they're like, this is terrible. They're not letting us teach about racism. No, (laughs) they're not letting you teach racism. Like, that's that's you. You're the racist one. I don't, like, there's... Again, this local group called uh, Nevada Family Alliance, who is really known for trying to get um, Drag Queen Story Hour stopped at the local library. Can you imagine that? How could that be organic? How dare they? (laughs) They don't want, uh, they don't want, you know, small children, toddlers to be uh, around people dressed like harlots, uh, you know, over the top, inappropriate. children twerking and every right. other crazy how, thing. How dare they? Oh my God. They, they, they want that stuff. Do you see? That's what they were trying to do. They've got a, a, a track record of hate. And now she, one activist there told me that this was the opportunity she had been waiting for. So she files these onerous FOIA requests, gets them, and then translates them in a way that's just not correct or accurate, in a way to suggest that, again, the school board is coming from your children and teachers are specifically teaching kindergartners, white kindergartners, that they're somehow oppressors. It's just not really true. So, owner- Well, I haven't heard you, Brandy, cite how it's not true it's just not true it's just not really happening Mm -hmm. it's just not true listen dumbass i haven't seen a piece of proof of how it's just not true Mm -hmm. you can't seem to to, but no they're getting these onerous requests really it's really it's tough on why is why is the journalist protecting the institution Right, yeah. The journalist is supposed to scrutinize the institution and give a damn if it's onerous Sorry to make this hard for you. We're supposed to comfort the comfortable, right? Right. 
It's incredible. It's cr- mm-hmm. you know what bothers me about dummies like Brandy Zadronsky mm-hmm. at NBC. What, honey? Is that she's dishonest, uh, not very bright. She's unethical. She doesn't think she is. She's mostly damaging to society. Right. Uh, what bothers me is that she probably makes several to a handful of hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Yeah, I would guess that's probably correct. Yeah. I don't like that, Alice. <laughs> I don't like that. I believe it's called, what do you call uh, that? When you call, is it capital envy? What's it called? Uh, social. I don't know. There's a word. You're just jealous. Yes, basically. I guess that's the that's the more accurate way to put it. Correct. I'm mm-hmm. jealous. I want that money, and I am talk. I'm We're, willing to call. Are, I'm willing to call Foya's uh, onerous, uh, <laughs> non grassroots. We are better off not being corrupted by the influence of all that money. I would say. That said, if you were looking to uh, influence the burn barrel, uh, the your best route of corrupting <laughs> is Tom Shattuck, Winchester at gmail.com. Chris Foya request. Um, school board meetings being uh, showing up in mass and yelling at school board members. She's running defense for how for, dare they show for up government, at school board for meetings. government. Don't go there and yell at the people in government. No, don't go there and be mean to educational institutions, the education, the public education system that has your child mm-hmm. all day. Don't ask them questions. Don't ask for onerous FOIA requests. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. No. Look into white supremacist groups like the Boy Scouts. All of this is sort of a tactic, and it's being left up on by national organizations from the Heritage Foundation to ALEC to um, other groups that have popped up after um, the Trump presidency to sort of push this American first agenda. And it's also being, you know, roundly embraced by... So she said, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. It's just mm-hmm. not happening. Nope. Yeah. <coughs> CRT's not happening. It's just not the truth. What are just they not- well, hold on, hold on. Freaks. So, so wait a second. But these people are in the pocket of the Heritage Foundation. That just is happening. Proof? No. No. No proof. No, it's just Trump organizations afterwards doing it all. Yeah. So, the, so all these moms and dads who are worried about this crazy, perverse uh, education that they're mm-hmm. getting, that the kids are getting, uh, they're just uh, corrupt um, uh, mercenaries for Trumpy groups out there. Right, That's they're it. being paid by the Heritage Foundation. News organizations, like you mentioned, like Fox News, Breitbart, other right-wing organizations who are just covering this stuff en masse when it's really yeah. a local issue. What a sicko. Yeah. What a no, sicko. No, it's total gaslighting. It's like they don't trust parents to be able to see what's happening in their own school districts the things their own kids are coming home with and telling them the things they've seen on (laughs) zoom meetings over the last year while the schools weren't in real uh in-person learning and you know like nope you're not seeing that that's not true nope the teacher didn't email you back with their pronouns in the email that you didn't see that that didn't happen nope you're just being paid right. by the oh, Heritage no, totally. Foundation. See your imagination. Totally. There's no such thing as critical race theory. Nobody's teaching critical race theory. It's a very obscure legal theory that none of us even understands. We can't even talk about it. It's just totally made up. It's never even happened. Critical race Absolutely. theory has never even existed. And, and, and that's on the media level. You've seen You're them just talk making about it up because you're racist. Right. And you've heard the activist level, the Cornell Belcher, the media uh, level with this woman, uh, Brandy Zadronsky. And, of course, in academia, like Dr. Aruna Kilalani, uh, who uh, who said she wanted to shoot white people, or <laughs> she's, she's a shrink and works for Yale. And uh, now she's been talking, she talked to Dr. Uh, um, Mark Lamont Hill, who actually I do like, um, who's a very progressive black um, professor, academic type. So he talks to her about all the crazy stuff she said. I don't know if he wanted to drag this out of her. But she is a very credentialed person. She's very important, Alice. Mm-hmm. And listen to her explain herself. There are no good apples out there. White people yeah. make her my blood boil. When you say there are no good apples out there, uh, yeah. what, do you, what, do you, what kind of claim are you making? I'm talking about people have this idea that um, racism is something that if you're consciously racist or if you're a Klan member, and I'm sort of making the claim that racism is something that is unconscious and it is actually in everyone and everyone uses these words systemic they're like you know i i you i'm i know that racism is systemic and yet individually when you call them out they'll they'll be like well it's not me you can't say that 
And so there's a disconnect between use of the word systemic and saying that racism is everywhere. But the moment you point it out individually, there's sort of people disown their own violence and racism. Because psycho, they don't own their own violence and racism. Because they're not violent and racist. Right. Exactly. Whether or not um, it's out there and it's systemic. Would it be fair to say, based on your expertise, that white people are psychopathic? Here we go, Mark. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's many lies. She is a shrink. (laughs) She helps people, in quotes, for a living. She teaches at Yale. And I didn't get to that part because what I delivered was only um, part of a first series of talks. But the way the level of lying that white people do that has started since colonialism, we're just used to it. Okay, this is the same woman who earlier said this in one of these talks. Six Asian women were murdered. And all white people kind of sound the same because they think Asian racism just started with corona. It was about sex. We're not sure it was racist. This is new. We're offended. You are the racist. Yeah? So why didn't this mother go to a juice bar or the opera or a yoga rejuve or a fucking lacrosse game? White people won't see what is staring them right in the face. Yeah, a psycho right now in the case of the people in that room. It's been great, everybody. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com, on YouTube, Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel, Gab and Parlor, Burn Barrel Podcast. Um, You can also check us out on Patreon. We're going to hop over there for a little bit of extra show today. That's uh, patreon.com slash burn barrel or on locals. uh, That is burnbarrel.locals.com. We'll see you on those other places. Love you, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.